0: Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Hey, it's another edition of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can find us basically all over the place. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, 1080ofthefan.com, Am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. I think that's it. We post it on social media. I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on the Instagrams. I always have the link in my bio to the iTunes store. I'm an iPhone kid, so... Yeah, it just opens up in the podcast (laughs) app. Yeah, yeah. That's a really easy way to subscribe to us if you want. It'll notify you when we post a new podcast and all that kind of stuff. So uh, feel free to do that. We'd appreciate it. You can also rate and review us as well. Uh, So that's uh, all the, the technical stuff out of the way. On the podcast this week... We are going to do a segment that is reminiscent to me of the glassware segment, but it's cans versus bottles and what you like better, what the trend is that that breweries are doing, the sizes, all that kind of stuff. That's coming up on the podcast this week. This is actually something that interests me a lot because I have a pretty strict, hard headed opinion about this that I'm trying to break, mm. but... It's, I think I know which way you're going to go. It's very difficult for me. Yeah, cool. Um, so that's coming up on the podcast today. But before, like always, we like to talk about our weekend beer, give you guys a little behind the scenes, what we've been doing, what we've been drinking outside of the podcast. And um, not a ton of interesting things for me this week. If I'm being completely honest, it's been more of a... Uh, a supermarket week for us, if that makes any sense. I've got a Ale in the fridge right now, which is one of my favorite beers of the season. I absolutely love Ale. And uh, I've got a Fort George Optimist IPA, which uh, I have not seen before. Oh. It's solid. I don't know if that's a, a series they do or... It's been around for a long time. Has it? Yeah. Uh, that's what's in the fridge right now. I just got done with a Pelican Bad Santa and... uh yeah, that's basically my weekend beer. I had a, a Burnside Permafrost when we went to the Timbers Watch Party last weekend, and another beer that I honestly can't remember. So obviously, it wasn't that impressive to me.
1: And I just drank off a keg of Breakside IPA. Yeah,
0: which you brought to the house, and I was like, <laughs> I think I had a pint of that too. Actually, I was like, Oh, that's cool. You just brought a Breakside pint or a keg over.
1: Yeah, hook up the homie. He's got a kegerator. I used to live with him. And he's got a keg kegerator, in, so we just I get it cheap. So why not?
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean that was that was kind of my weekend beer. It wasn't anything super special. I. I I really like Burnside's Permafrost. I think it's a really good winter beer. I don't think I've had it. I sh- I, sh- I should go find that. It's uh well I mean, it's in at supermarkets. Cool. And also if you are near the Burnside Brewing, they've got it in their little bottle fridge as well. Um and I actually I don't know if I talked about this last week on the podcast because we were at Laurelwood, so we I, we kind of dived right into the beer that was on the table. But I went to a concert right across from Burnside at Boston Nova Ballroom, and before the concert, I went in there and had a couple beers as well. So I had Permafrost on tap. Ooh, nice. And I had uh, the Too Sticky to Roll on tap, which I – that's actually one of my underrated favorite beers. I love that beer. I can't remember the last time I went to Burnside or drank a Burnside beer. Well, maybe that's something that you need to uh, yeah reopen uh, reopen again. Why not? I, li- I like I Burnside Brewing, and they've got really good, interesting food there, too. So if that's a place you haven't been to, it's kind of... I mean, it's on Burnside, which has a lot of stuff, obviously, but it's kind of, like, by itself. It's across from Le Pigeon, <laughs> Le Pigeon which is a soups-fancy restaurant. Soups-fancy. Really fancy. Um, and Bostonova Nova Ballroom. So if you haven't been there, or if you haven't been in a while, go, go try them out. I've always enjoyed Burnside Brewing. Why so that's, not? that's been my week in beer, or two weeks in beer, then. Uh, mine was,
1: let's see... I have no idea what happened the week before, no idea. Uh, I imagine it was probably situation normal. Drank a lot of beer, went out with some friends.
0: That was the flu week. I was the uh, that was the week I was sick with the flu. So you recorded the interview for the winter beer episode.
1: Yeah. Oh, I went out for my buddy's birthday. Okay. We uh we went to Bailey's Tap Room and drank some beers at Bailey's. I don't remember what I had, but it was really good. I think. I think I had an Ex Novo beer. Okay, I might have had a Wayfinder beer.
0: Hmm, I can't okay. remember.
1: That might um, be a hint for a little later. <laughs> uh, I can't remember, but it was, but it was, it was good. Um, and then we got some food from Santoria across the street there, and uh, which I always do, just because you know I never go to these places, so it's kind of fun sometimes. Is anytime I order food for delivery to. Uh, Bailey's. I use the restroom at Santeria for the restroom is connected to Mary's the strip club, ah. and so you just go. You have to go into the strip club from the restaurant to use the bathroom. Uh, I mean, the bathroom's disgusting. It's a strip club, but you, know, you get a little, get a little quick free show there, real quick, and there then you go back out. And then we went to the Crystal Ballroom and did '90s Night, and uh, I think we just drank Tecates all night and uh, called that a day.
0: And then, did you do anything but the Breakside IPA at the Timbers party? Because I, I le- once the game ended, I left pretty quick. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did try this. The not not to honk
1: honk the brand too much, but we did try a, a new breakside beer called the Mountains of Instead. It's a it's a winter warmer aged in apple brandy barrels.
0: That sounds fascinating. Um, it's
1: it's incredible. it It smells like it smells like a cocktail, and it tastes like Christmas. It's really
0: really good. Mm. I did see uh, for I was looking for next week's beer of the week today, mm-hmm. and I saw one that I was intrigued by but we did one similar to it recently, so I didn't grab it. Uh, I went to John's Marketplace, and they have this little shelf, right, when you walk in of the staff suggestions, as well as what's new uh, at the place. Three or four of the different people who work there picked the same beer on their staff suggestions. Oh, really? Everybody
1: was just like, this is the beer.
0: It is a Crux Imperial Bourbon Barrel-aged Stout with spices and all that kind of stuff, Mm. and I was like, this sounds like... um, what was the one that we did? Dark Star? Yeah, it sounds like Dark Star. So I was like, I'm not going to pick that because we kind of did that already, but I'm like, I'm going to go back and get that a little bit later for myself because I like Crux and I like BBA Stouts.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, if you like the BBA Stouts, B Bomb from Fremont's out. That's one of their other bourbon barrel aged. I think that's like a winter ale aged in bourbon barrels, if, if my memory serves me correct, where Dark Star is just an Imperial Stout. That might be
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah. and
1: they do variants. So there's like a coffee one and there's uh, a spiced one kind of similar to the Dark Star if I I'm not the biggest B bomb fan but people go gaga for it.
0: Well, I probably will because I like
1: imperial stouts
0: a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've uh, had some I had some uh like some really fresh Sticky Hands the other day which was re- tasting really good from Block 15. That always I mean, tastes good. That always and tastes that's always good. And always fresh. Yeah. Um what else have I had that was really good? Uh uh Chuckanut's Vienna Lager. I've had a couple of those recently. That was
0: Muy excelente. I think I had that once at uh, Mississippi... Bridgetown Beer Bridgetown House. Bridgetown Beer House, yeah. yeah. I always yeah. want to say Mississippi Beer House for some reason.
1: I, uh, I'm i a big, big fan of uh, the kids up there chucking up.
0: So that's what we did this week, and uh, maybe we just hinted at who our beer of the week is going to be from. Oh, I also did a fifth miss. Fifth miss, yeah, fifth miss, like a fifth of vodka. No, like a fifth of whatever,
1: and then you like, uh, you, you is it White Elephant where you drop from a hat and then you can steal from people? Yes, yeah, that's we do. We did that.
0: What'd uh, you get?
1: My, I got, uh, I got the. <laughs> long story short, I have a written document that was transferred over to me that is the soul of one of my best friends' firstborn child, so he could get a Long Island iced tea in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i and it and it came in a bag of keystone light and uh, fifth of jim beam and i told uh, his girlfriend that because she got the present because she you know obviously wanted to get that soul, yeah, and I stole it from her, but I told her she could keep the uh, the beer and the and the booze,
0: and she was like, "Great." Yeah, thanks. I know.
1: And then I texted him, and I was like, because he couldn't be there, and I was like, "Ha ha, I got this." But I left the I left the the booze with with your girl, and he his response was, "Why didn't you take the booze?" And I was like, "Because I don't want Keystone Light and Jim Beam, man. I'd rather have the soul of your firstborn child." <laughs> uh, and I felt bad. The best friend, he, my best friend Ryan, he got. He got the bag that I brought. I should have told him not to because I was running out of time and I'm kind of broke right now. So I definitely filled a baseballism like string bag with like three half empty fifths from my liquor cabinet that have been sitting there for a decade probably and a bunch of random beers in my fridge that I didn't want anymore. <laughs> I was like, "Here you hey, go."
0: That's a good quote-unquote free gift. Yeah, there you go. You get the free string bag from Baseballism. Yeah, and you probably don't remember paying for those those liquor bottles. Nope, and the beers. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean work. the beers were fine. There was like a there was I think there was like a I just needed to empty the fridge. Right. So it was just like, here you go, have <laughs> these. There was a really no, there was a that th-
0: sounds like a devastating drunk thing to do. The fifth miss, I feel like there's <laughs> a lot of blacking out going on. Oh yeah, because
1: then people are like, I got this awesome whiskey, let's crack it. Uh, but I
0: mean I threw some good
1: good beer in there. There was like a, a Brett Pale Saison or a Belgian Brett Pale in there from Freem. I was like that's great beer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you like saisons. Be happy. <laughs> All right. So that's our week in beer and on the podcast this week, bottles versus cans. This kind of it kind of can go two different ways in my mind. A, what is the industry doing? And B, what do you prefer? yourself and I want to start with the latter. What do you prefer yourself? Bottles versus cans and I tease it there at the beginning. I'm very, very tough to break on this. I don't know why I much prefer bottles. Interesting. I really, really prefer bottles and this is so just to be clear in my mind, this is drinking out of the bottle or out of the can. If I don't have a pint glass with me and I just want to drink it, that was going to be my first question drinking out of the bottle or out of the can. Uh, I much prefer drinking out of the bottle. A for ease. Like if I'm laying backwards, like if I'm laying on the couch or something, it's easier to tip the neck of the bottle up versus like playing the game of ah oh, don't spill the can. It's <laughs> I gotta like move my neck in an awkward position. Uh and B You sound really lazy. I mean You're like, ah
1: oh, I gotta sit up to drink <laughs> this beer. I like to be
0: comfortable, Patrick. <laughs> uh and B, I don't know why there's something about the taste of a can. I don't love it. I don't, I don't know if maybe it's just like, maybe it's just a fake thing for me, but for I feel like there's a a taste in cans that doesn't sit well with me if I'm drinking it out of the can.
1: I think for me, I mean, I try really hard to have a pint glass in front of me. I'm trying to think, I think it
0: allows for the beer to open up and
1: so follow me with this. I guess this is going to be, this is going to be weird. Okay. I think I would prefer to drink from a 12-ounce can over a 500-mil bottle. Okay. But I think I would rather drink a 12-ounce bottle than a 16-ounce can. But I would rather drink a 16-ounce can than a 22-ounce bottle. (laughs) <laughs> Why? I my brain it hurts. So it's like, yeah, so if 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 I'm looking at a sixteen ounce can or a twelve ounce can, I'd rather drink a twelve ounce can. Why? Not because of size, because of the way it feels in my hand. And okay. I'm gonna drink it faster. And I feel like holding the can is gonna warm the beer up faster. Okay. Cause I don't again, I prefer glassware. Um so I'd rather do the twelve than the sixteen. However, I don't like the way a five hundred mil bottle feels in my hand. So I'd rather drink a twelve ounce bottle.
0: You mean a twelve ounce or a sixteen ounce can? Uh,
1: no, I, I said twelve ounce bottle. You did? Yeah.
0: I no. think so. You said you'd rather have a you said you'd rather have a twelve ounce can. Oh, that's right. Than a twelve ounce bottle. But you'd rather have a twelve ounce
1: bottle or whatever. Than a sixteen ounce can? Right. But I'd rather have a sixteen ounce can than a five hundred mil? Yeah, you're I'm confused already. Yeah, me too.
0: Why Whoops. so what what's the negative about a twenty two? Because you said you'd rather have a twenty two
1: well, the, I think the negative for the twenty two is just that it's a twenty two. Is that it's it's bigger, and the opportunity for it to get warmer
0: is grander. That is true. I uh, I've taken to once actually, it's because of this podcast. To be completely honest, I oftentimes on Sundays, my wife and I kind of have like a, a chill at home day. We don't do much. We'll watch the NFL or we'll watch TV or whatever, and we'll we'll go to new seasons and we'll get some food. And then we'll get a couple of 22s. And in the beginning, I would just drink out of the bottle. But you know what happens when you're lounging about and just watching football? You fall asleep sometimes. Yep. And you forget it's there. And then you wake up and you take a sip and you're like, oh, now it's kind of warm. That always happens
1: to me when I smoke weed.
0: (laughs) If I get high and then there's a beer in front of me, I'm like, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. And then it gets really warm. Yeah. And then it's just drain poor. So I've started to try to use pint glasses on those Sundays because it kind of a it makes me like oh that's right I have beer in front of me but B I feel like I, I do a better job of finishing it before it gets warm because mm-hmm. I'm not just looking at this bottle and going I don't know how much is left in there I'm looking at the glass and going oh I should finish this before it goes bad yeah you know not, not goes bad but gets warm so I don't know I've always liked 22s but I've also because of the started using glassware a lot more uh, but yeah, is, is there anything like, do you know, is there anything in cans that makes it taste different or is it totally like a placebo effect for me?
1: Oh, uh, I think there used to be, but now there's like a lining inside the can that's supposed to take away that aluminum flavor. I mean, that's always the flavor I used to get back in the day from the aluminum cans was the beer resting up against the ins, inner walls and kind of creating a different flavor profile. I don't get that as much anymore, especially because, you know, I pour a lot of cans into glasses. But remember, and again, this is this is a weird thing. When you pick up a can and you go to drink it, your mouth is touching aluminum. Yeah. So you may be getting a weird flavor that's not from the beer.
0: The other thing, too. And glass doesn't give you that. Right. I do think that might be part of it. The other thing, and again, this totally could just be weird in my mind, and it's just like a, a thing that happens for me, is the tops of cans are oftentimes left exposed. So they will be like, occasionally you'll look in there and there'll be like a little bit of dust that got into the corner and mm-hmm. the nooks yep. and crannies. Yep. When you're drinking out of a bottle, the, the part that you're putting your mouth on, there's a cap on it. So when you pop it outside of the factory or whoever bottled it, your lips are the first thing touching the tip. In theory, it's sanitized, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why like, cause there's oftentimes you'll like find at various places, a bottle or a can, you're like, Oh, it looks really good. And you lift it. And it's like, you want to rinse it out with water first. You're yep. like, let me, let me get this. Cl- I mean, cold water's doing nothing to kill the bacteria, <laughs> but let me just, let me just make myself feel better about right. this by rinsing it off. I think that's part of it too. I don't know why I, I've never been a can guy. I just never have. I've, I've obviously, obviously, I've drank out of them before, especially like in college when that's all you have, but, um, it's just something that I always tried to avoid and now I feel like I can't because so many people, and that kind of transitions to the second part of this, so many people are going to the cans now. Well, I'll tell you
1: this, before before we get into that, but it's it's related to this, which is kind of why I am good with cans and am very used to cans. Um, as a camper and rafter, there's a lot of pack-in, pack-out places we go, and packing in and packing out empty cans is way easier than packing in and packing out empty bottles because bottles do not... You cannot decrease the size of bottles, right? You can't
0: do the crush. Yes, I can
1: crush cans, um, and that makes it easier, lighter, kind of more accessible to be able to use. And I think that's a, I think that's a big reason why people are going to cans now. Um, I also think cans are cheaper than glass, so that's a big thing. Uh, I mean, I think cans are as weird as this is to say. I think cans are easier to recycle because people are lazy. Bottles are heavy. Um, and cans you can just kinda like throw and you're not gonna break anything. Right. <laughs> um and I think and I think, you know, there's a lot more, you know, there's craft canning, which is a mobile canning line. And for if you're a smaller if you're a smaller brewery that doesn't own your own canning line or, or packaging line, period, uh it's probably cheaper, I imagine, to go the can route. So I mean that could be what's pushing it. Plus I think the market likes I think the market is so used to, you know, domestic beer in cans, that it's that might be the placebo effect. That it's like, yeah, I want a can. It's like a six pack.
0: Well, okay, so that and and it, it sounds like you're basically saying what I was assuming, but. Breweries are pushing cans more than bottles now, right? Is that a thing? I'm noticing a lot more cans from breweries that used to do bottles. I would say
1: yes, but more because it's what the market wants. And I don't then, think I don't think the breweries are like, "Hey, let's get to cans." I think the market when cans hit have really gravitated towards them and want more of that. And I think I think again a lot of it is kind of what I was saying about camping and rafting and and being in this in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we're a very outdoorsy kind of area, and I think whether you're hiking or snowboarding or, you know, surfing at the beach, fishing, things like that, I think cans are just a convenience thing.
0: I think for people who live that lifestyle, yes, absolutely. I'm not someone who lives that lifestyle, so it's not something that ever pops into my mind, um, but I guess the, the question I have is, is is the market locally really demanding cans because it it's easier I mean, people hear no crap beer, right? right? They understand that like crap beer comes in bottles too. Mm-hmm. And that's never been an issue. So what wh- has it changed? Because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm noticing a, a drastic shift mm-hmm. in a downcrease of the, the bottles and an up uptick in the, uh, in the cans.
1: I, I, yeah, I think, I think the market, I think the, the, the consumer wants more cans, Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, there's still some breweries out there that still just do bottles and I think are going to do just bottles for the for the foreseeable future. And that doesn't prevent people from buying it. Freem, Double Mountain, Brakeside, Gigantic. Um, A lot of people are still just doing bottles and their sales are not hurting from it. But I also think that's because of the name on the front and the product inside. Um, I think, I think people would be more inclined to try a canned beer than a bottle beer from a brewery. They don't know. And that's weird. That is weird. Why? I don't have an answer for that.
0: And so if you're a listener out there, I am very curious. I'm not just trying to like get you to interact with me. Like seriously, I'm curious about this because it makes no sense to me as someone who doesn't like cans. What do you prefer? Is there something is there a reason why you prefer that? Are you okay with this shift to more cans? Is it, is it making you happier? I mean, that's generic, I guess. But is it? Let me know at Mike twenty seven on Twitter or at PDD 85 on, on Instagram. I don't, I just don't understand it because to me, I love holding a bottle. Mm-hmm. I love kind of the convenience of the skinny neck, and you can like hold it in a finger if you want, or you can kind of. I'm not as nervous about putting it down and having it spill because you can kind of like pin it against your leg and it's fine and it's solid. It's not going to collapse in it on itself. It's always been better to me. I feel like it stays colder. I I
1: would agree with that. I I would 100% agree that it stays colder in a bottle.
0: So I I don't... Outside of the outdoorsy stuff, and I guess probably the price for the breweries, I don't understand the can movement. I don't get it. I don't think... I don't think I have
1: that big of a preference. I mean, I know I gave that weird. I like this, but not this. But I'll drink that if if it's next to this. Uh, I don't know if I really have a preference, and I think a lot of that is because I put my beer in glassware so often. So it's. it's I'm trying to be more like you, Patrick. <laughs> well, you don't have to be like me. Be like you. Um, <laughs> I th- I think so. So I can be a little indifferent about this. Um, I. I will say that I, you know, by being a man who, you know, is fortunate enough to drink as much breakside beer as I do, you know, we do, we have 12-ounce bottles for Pilsner and Stay West, and then any of our other packaging is in 22s. And I remember before I worked, before I worked in the beer industry, I always I was very anti twenty twos, and I think twenty twos are kind of going away just in general. That makes me sad because it, it's, it, it's
0: my favorite type. It's because
1: it's a lot of beer, and it and the whole thing doesn't fit in a glass. I think that's the thing. I mean, a five hundred mil doesn't necessarily fit in a glass, but you're talking nine ounces or one ounce left over. Like right. that's easy, as opposed to having you know six more ounces sitting in a bottle. Um, but then I got when I got into into the beer industry and working for Breakside and drinking a ton of their beer. Um I got I just got used to drinking twenty twos. But we also have two different brands in six packs, twelve ounce bottles, and I almost rarely never take twenty twos home anymore because I'm with you. The sitting on my couch, these these slugging from a twelve ounce bottle is like drinking a, a Miller High Life. You know, right. it just I feel like it goes down quicker. I think you can drink faster from a bottle. So it's like if I – this is going to sound terrible, but I don't know how else to describe it. If I get home from work on a Friday night at, say, 8 o'clock and I'm meeting some friends out at, at somewhere at, at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, you know, I can slam two beers real quick before I bounce out of the house. But get a little pre-funk on, you know. What's
0: funny is a 22 is essentially the same. one and a half beers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's two ounces short of the same. Yeah. But – but to me, the bottle is bigger, so you're just kind of like, "Oh man, I get so much beer," to where you finish that twelve, and you're like, "Yeah, I could do another one." <laughs> I know it's it's total a mind game. It's a total. Well, mind it game. sounds the
0: same as your your weird, confusing twelve ounce, sixteen ounce, five hundred fifty milliliter, twenty two like thing. Yeah. it's all mind games.
1: I'd rather yeah, I'd rather have a twelve ounce can than a sixteen ounce can. Um, but I'd rather have
0: a sixteen ounce can than a five hundred fifty milliliter. Yeah. And if you'd rather remember, have yeah. a regular bottle than a 16-ounce can.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: But you hate 22s or something. Yeah. I don't know. I still... I love 22s, and this has been one of the most disappointing things for me. I'm not sure if it's a... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's like a supermarket thing, but I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I go to New Seasons a lot for my beer uh, because that's one of the easier places for me to get it near my, near my house. But recently they have shrunk their selection of 22 and 550 mils 500 mils 500 mils sorry metric system they have they have made it much smaller. It used to take up like if you imagine a supermarket shelf mm-hmm. being a column, it used to be like four columns wide yeah of, I remember of 22s and 500 mils now it's maybe two columns wide and on the left of it, all cans. Well, I th- but all I, cans. But I think that's because that's where everybody's going. I know. But it's like I feel like they're limiting their options now because there's still a lot of breweries that are still making 22s and they're like, "Ah, we've only got some of them now." I don't know if there's that many. To be honest with you, I don't know if
1: there's that many breweries. I want there making- <laughs> to be more. Come on. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think people are getting away from 22s and I think a lot of it I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's too much beer in one package. That, There's that the no con- such
0: thing as too much beer. That
1: that the consumer looks at it and says, if it's more than an ounce or two not fitting into my pint glass, I'm not interested. And the 22s are great for sharing because I mean, you, you get 11 ounces a piece, and that's basically a 12-ounce
0: can. Yep. Um my wife and I will do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. We we'll fill it up. We have uh, we have these Widmer pint glasses that we have at home, and there's a logo for or a, a not a logo. It's a line on the on the glass that says Widmer Brothers Brewing, and they have the pint line higher. Mm-hmm. If we pour the twenty two to that line where the Widmer Brothers Brewing is, it's exactly the same. And we can share that glass. It's about three quarters full of that 22 and it's done. I love
1: it. I'm with you. I mean, I had a former partner that one time, you know, we were at home. It was a Sunday, kind of like you and your wife. And we sat there and sure enough, uh, we sat at home for, I think, pretty much all day. And I looked down and we had split a case of 22s
0: Mm. because you could share them. Yeah, because we shared them in wham, bam, boom, Easy, easy to share. Well, that's where I stand on bottles versus cans.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I do know. I'm that, assuming
0: a lot more cans.
1: I'm assuming cans
0: too. Um, I do know that there's a lot of
1: breweries, like Gigantic, for example. They used to be in 22s, and now they're going to all 500 mils. Um, and I mean, we even see this with like some of the more artisan breweries, like uh, why am I Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, upright. Upright used to be 750 mils, which is like 25-plus ounces. They're going now back down to 500 mils and even 375s. So I think people are just— I saw some
0: 375s Yeah, I think
1: Mm. breweries are just starting to scale down to get kind of a little bit away from the 750 milliliters just to have a package that is less beer that can be wasted, affected, altered, blah, blah, blah. And I think people have to make it make a decision. You know, Freem's not going to go to cans. They own their own bottling line. So that's another aspect. Uh, but again, I, I'd be really interested. It'd be this be a great question to ask, you know, Sarah Peterson or, or, or somebody down at John's Market to kind of see what their opinion is on have can seen an uptick because of consumer, or are breweries going to cans, and that's why there's an uptick, like chicken or egg kind
0: of thing. Right. I, I, I'm not 100% sure what it would be. I'm going to assume it's the breweries first. Yeah. Uh, because it sounds like it's cheaper, Yeah. and that's you know bottom line stuff, and I, I get it. That's what my assumptions are going to be. But maybe I'm by myself and on a little bit of an island preferring bottles as much as I do. Maybe Maybe more people, maybe it's not necessarily an island, but maybe people don't mind cans as much as I do.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm indifferent because most of the time I just I'm pouring them in. If if it's over twelve ounces, I'm pouring it into a glass. But if it's a Sun River ripping can, or you know somebody's got a six pack with you know if it's a Mirror Pond and it's in a and it's in a twelve ounce bottle, I'll probably just drink from the can or right, bottle.
0: That's what I've been doing with the Optimist. It's come. I bought cans. I'm trying. You Uh-oh. see, uh, I'm trying. Even though I still have this weird thing in my head about it, I'm trying. And I'm just drinking the Optimus out of the can Mm. because it's a 12-ounce small can.
1: Have you ever drank from a Crowler, like straight from a Crowler? Yeah. That's awesome. It's weird. I love it. It's so big. It's so big. But that's why you got to get a Crowler Koozie. Mm. I had a Crowler Koozie. I sacrificed it to the Apple Cup gods.
0: (laughs) You threw it? No. Or you lost it? I lost it. Oh, in a drunken stupor. (laughs) Yeah. I was very wet and cold. Uh, I can imagine. All right. So that's, that's our beer bottle versus beer can episode. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just being silly, but it's how I feel about it. And I, I told you I had a passionate, stubborn take about it and that is it, but I'm trying. I I'm think trying.
1: this, I think this is a, is a conversation that we can come back to many, many times. I mean, like even have full podcasts on and, and talk to some people about this and see what the future is, how we got here. Um, and you know, which came first, was it kind of a collective thing or did breweries make a decision? And then all of a sudden the crowd wanted more, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that we could chat with that would have good ideas on this.
0: Yeah. We'll revisit it down the road. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Say in like six months, let's see where you are with cans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm seeing more of them. I'm, I'm seeing breweries. I want to try that are in cans and I'm going, well. I'm going to have a can then. I'm going to try it. I'm not saying no anymore. I used to look at a can and be like, nope. Nope. Going to go to the bottles. Sorry, whoever you are. But then you miss out on Sun River Rippin. Yeah, I know. An ecliptic starburst. I know. I missed out on a lot. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying. All right. I'm trying. Coming up next, beer of the week. And what is it in front of me but a 16-ounce can? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how it goes. That's next here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Time for the Beer of the Week here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And it is in a can today. So if you're following along with us through this podcast, today's beer will be in a can. Freshly canned. Freshly canned. It does appear to have... Yeah, is it is it so freshly canned that they canned it for you and then they put the label on it? <laughs> no, no, Because no. it looks like it's almost like, hey, we just kind of like smack the label on. And well, that's kind of... That's, wham, that's, bam, thank you, ma'am.
1: That's what happens when you don't own a canning line and you bring in a mobile canning line and cuz so then they basically have these these tall boy cans that are unlabeled because they're pretty much universal the cans themselves they're unlabeled you provide the labels and the beer they use their machine to put the beer into the can and then they label it themselves
0: interesting okay yeah.
1: so that's why it's not like a tight fitting it doesn't look like you know a a Coors like can
0: right Right. Or sometimes I thought, I mean, maybe this is really stupid of me, but sometimes I thought that it, it wasn't a label at all. It was actually just on the face of the can, like th- on the aluminum face. I think
1: I think most of them are labels.
0: They're just really, they're really, just, really hard to tell.
1: Mm-hmm. They're They're just actually tightly wrapped. I could be wrong about that, though.
0: So the beer of the week this week is a place that we have talked about on the podcast so far. We have not been there for the podcast, but we did discuss in uh, our weekend beer that we had gone here together. It's Wayfinder. Yep. And uh, you said these guys have just started canning like at all. Yeah. Uh So this, this is a br- you, when you say freshly canned, you mean like within the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, you flip this bad boy upside down, it's going to say canned on December 11th.
0: Uh that's 2 days ago. Yep. Mm.
1: Yep. I saw I saw on Instagram that Wayfinder was canning their Hellas Lager and they have a new Doppelbach that they were going to can. I tried the Doppelbach yesterday, actually. It was pretty it was pretty tasty. Uh, but I just love this Hellas Lager from them, which is kind of why I chose this. I think this might be one of their best beers. Um Kevin Davy over there makes fantastic lagers. Uh, former Chuckanut guy. He and everybody at Wayfinder, I think, make fantastic beer. And Hellas is one of my favorite loggers, lager styles. So I thought this would be kind of fun.
0: The description is brilliantly effervescent with a floral noble hop aroma. How about that for some big words, Wayfinder? Thanks for making me think this early <laughs> on a Thursday. Um, all right, so let's, let's crack them. You said yesterday when we were talking about what we wanted to do for Beer of the Week this week, you wanted a yellow beer.
1: I wanted a yellow beer. So let's um, see
0: how yellow said beer is as we pour it in.
1: I wanted a yellow beer which is a which is a term I I kind of stole from a friend Natalie. She says she 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 brews for Breakside and she kind of says, you know, I just really like yellow beer. And I always find that statement kind of like fun and cheeky at the same
0: time. Doesn't it feel uh, I mean maybe this is just me, but I'm always like yellow beer like yellow snow?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Yellow beer like light beer
0: lagers, traditional kind right. traditional so, kind of stuff. Pour it out the color it is I mean I'm going to I'm going to call it golden but cuz that makes me feel better. But uh it is yellow and it is super clear. I can see straight through to the the shelf of mini discs that still exist in this room and uh there's Patrick.
1: Is it an insa- distorted? <laughs> it is an insanely clean beer in taste and color. Um I always like—I always tend—you know, lagers have a pretty good lifespan in terms of, like, their shelf life and stuff like that. Um, But to me, I try to tackle lagers as fresh as possible. I I find them to be a little more brighter, a little more crisper, especially when it comes to, like, Pilsners. I'm not the biggest Pilsner drinker, um, but if you put some—put a little bit of age on Pilsner, I think you tend to get a lot of what the style is going for, that kind of breadiness, a little doughy kind of stuff. Uh, But when you get lagers really fresh, at least for me, they're just really crisp and bright. And I think the hops pop a lot in them. And so I try to grab them as soon as possible. And I would say this was canned probably somewhere around 48 hours ago. That's about as fresh as it's going to be.
0: So don't take this as a negative, please. This is just it's one of those things where you have a smell and you have a memory associated to it. This beer smells like college to me. Oh, really? Yeah. It's uh, well, you went to a fancy school. (laughs) right i went to a fancy school where we drank keystone light and natty ice that's true we drank bush
1: light we were sophisticated so
0: fancy uh but it's not the taste or anything it's just the smell and it might just hell it just might be the style Mm -hmm. uh that was not an intentional pun by the way (laughs) i think when i smell a lager i smell college beer Mm -hmm. it reminds me of what it Smelled like at a party when everyone was drinking out of the keg and everyone had the open cups, the open solo cups. It reminds Poured me of all that. over the
1: floor. Yeah, sticky, <laughs> disgusting.
0: Um, that's what the smell reminds me of, and that's why I say don't take it like a wrong way. It's not like a taste like that, but the second I smelled it, it instantly brought me back to a house party at Syracuse. Well, instantly.
1: Well, I think you know, and I've been hammering on this since the birth of this podcast. You know, I think. This is a big direction people are going in terms of style is how do you make a craft more flavorful light beer with local ingredients by local brewmasters and I think I think Wayfinder is, you know, one of the breweries out there leading the way to give us that option. I mean, this is this might be the most approachable beer we've ever had on Beer of the Week. Um if yeah. I, if I got a keg yeah. of this and slapped Coors Light on it or Coors Banquet, let's say Coors Banquet, because it's got more of a body than a Coors yeah. Light, and served it as a party. Unless there's anybody there that drinks, you know, 10 Coors Lights a day, I don't know if they would really
0: know. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, to me, it's funny, you say most approachable, uh, from me, non-craft beer drinker. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know if it's the most approachable beer of the week that we've had. We've had some really good, easy drinking ones. The uh, Occidental rem- comes to mind. Oh, yeah. As one that was approachable for a what lot of Choc people. Which Occidental we do? The Alt Beer? We did the Alt Beer. Yeah, I love that beer. That one was so easy to drink. That one, to me, might be the most approachable one that we've done. But in terms of introducing beer to non craft beer drinkers like we talked about, this would be a great one to start with because it has hints of the big beer, mm-hmm. but it's just more refined, right? Yep. It-
1: I think there's a lot more flavor profile to it. I think it's a lot more. There's a
0: lot more of a body to it. Mm-hmm,
1: a little more complex in the flavor profile in the sense that that there is body to it. Um, there is actually a, a lingering flavor to it that you don't get from, you know, rice lagers and all that garbage. Um, but I get, I mean, effervescent is such a great word to describe this beer because it is so floral um, and crisp, clean, finishes smooth. Uh, this is, I don't know, I could just be biased because it's one of my favorite styles and one of the best breweries out there, but this is one of, this is probably one of my top five favorite beers being made right now.
0: Pouring it out of the can before it hits the glass, it looks literally clear, like I'm pouring water. Mm-hmm. It's um, pretty
1: rad. I'm so glad these guys started canning this beer.
0: The, uh, seriously, look at how clear that is coming yeah. out of the, of the can. It's super cool. Um, For me, so I, I already described the nose to you, it's, the nose doesn't give me um, as much of a a distinct smell that i can describe as much as it gives me that memory that i can describe mm-hmm. um you mentioned the body of it 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 does have substance it has we've used this term before it has a breadiness to it where kind of when it when it hits your tongue and it sits there for a minute you're like oh okay I, there's there's a little bit of a body to this beer i really like the back end of this a lot the taste it leaves at the back end of my palate, when I'm when I'm going for another sip, that is the best part of this beer to me. I love the back end of this beer. Um, I don't get a lot of the hop notes. They say there's a huge hop aroma. I don't know if I get that. Uh, I think I think it might be,
1: um, and I don't mean to speak for you, but it might just be like the noble hops. probably not things you are used to associating when it comes to hops Mm. i think when i think a lot of people when they think of hop flavor hop aroma they're thinking you know the mosaics the citrus the centennials the cascades the chinooks of the world is a
0: noble hop less punch in the facey
1: definitely definitely i mean i think if anything they're a little more floral and they're used predominantly in 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 loggers and you know, cold fermented ales and traditional stuff—they're just not the common hops we use in IPAs. Okay, and so it's just—I'm—I'm I'm still working myself on being better. I, I write this on my notes every single day. I write noble hops and underline it every day to to remind myself to keep learning, keep te- keep pushing myself to understand this hop because it's used so differently—not just in the way the beer is made, but in the way the beer smells and tastes. As somebody who drinks IPAs most of the time, I'm having to train myself with this as well.
0: So, explain that quickly. Then, what has been your process in finding that flavor when it's not as easy to find as, say, a citra hop?
1: Well, I try to find. I try to find it in the body. Really, I try to see: is it where is it coming from? Is it is it lending help to the body? Is it giving flavor, or is it providing structure? Um, and I don't know how much sense that makes. And again, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it,
0: but I find it. So it's almost acting as like a foil to some of the other flavors. It's, sure. a, it's a balancing. Yeah, sure. Op.
1: Yeah. And and I think it's, oof, I don't even know how I'm trying to describe it. It's it's something that I'm constantly searching for and I find mostly like floral characteristics is is
0: really kind of all I got for you, unfortunately. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm just yeah. curious. I mean- yeah. It's cool to know that you're also going through this process with maybe more distinct and more advanced flavors, but or ingredients. Uh, but it's cool. It's yeah. like I, I sometimes I feel like I'm like, hey, help me explain this, and right. it's like you're like, yeah, it's this. <laughs> Come on, Mike, you got this. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, I can't find the noble hop, and you're like, I'm trying to find it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh,
1: I, you know, I'm an IPA. I've been an IPA drinker for over ten years. I've G. only, Rick. I've only recently gotten into craft loggers. I would say, or, or you know, craft yellow beer, as Natalie would say, um, probably in the last year and a half, two years. So, to wrap my head around thirteen, ten to thirteen years of drinking, you know, IPA hops to a year and a half of drinking lager hops is still uh, is still a challenge for
0: me. So this is the uh, what are it's they called? It's just called hell. The hell lager beer. The Hellas uh, Lager from Wayfinder—that's our beer of the week this week. It's very clean, it's very crisp. Uh, it's got kind of—at least to me—it's got that little bready mid palate, and then a really, really solid back end of the palate. I'm having trouble describing the flavors that are in the back palate, but it's my favorite part of this beer. <laughs> it kind of keeps changing on me each sip. It's a little bit different. It sits a little bit different at the end. Um, and even though I—I'd say don't take this negatively, the smell reminds me of college. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. It's—it's almost—it's almost
1: like a. Reminiscing, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, this beer's already hit me in the fields. <laughs> uh, you, you can find is. you can find this beer. Um, they just started, they just released it, and they distributed. I know it hit some of the bottle shops. You're not gonna, I doubt you're gonna find it at New Seasons, Zupans, Whole Foods, anything like that. But uh, you should be able to find a little bit at gro- at uh, your local bottle shops, um, especially if you live in the inner Portland area, uh, or just go down to Wayfinder. And pick it up. That's what I did last night. I knew I could pick it up at a bottle shop on my house, but I just stopped at Wayfinder because you like it there a I lot. I like it
0: there a lot. And if you remember, and they us, make great beer. Remember us talking about it a couple of weeks ago, whenever that was. Uh, it's a really cool spot that you should go check out mm-hmm. if you haven't yet.
1: One of my favorite brew pubs in the city, not just like, oh, you make great beer, but I mean, it's like, the building is really cool. The, the atmosphere fun. is great. The patio is fantastic. I mean, I was there last night, and they had the fire going. Mm. You could sit out on the patio if you wanted. Nice. You know, And it wasn't raining. It wasn't too cold or anything. It
0: was like 45 degrees yeah, or something. Yeah, but you have a
1: jacket on anyway, yeah. so you can sit by the fire and have a beer. Your beer's not going to get warm.
0: Um, And then the inside's really cool, and the service is great. And solid German flair food. It's not necessarily all German food. They do have some, but they kind of have a little flair of German food with a little American pub food mixed in.
1: Yeah, it's great. Servers are excellent. Bartenders are fantastic. Plus, it's the best glassware spot in Portland. Right. If you heard the glassware episode. Yes.
0: Don't be spooked by uh, the location. It's kind of in a weird place. It's not necessarily like the best part of Portland, but the actual Wayfinder spot. Is awesome de- and that actual and that
1: block is starting to grow a little mm-hmm. bit too I definitely did not leave my computer in the truck last night when I stopped at wayfinder
0: right? very smart uh, that's gonna do it for us today thanks so much for listening once again if you can uh, find us on iTunes or Google dot radio.com or stitcher please subscribe to us rate review we appreciate all the ones that we get I uh, keep uh, keep tabs on it most weeks, just to see if there's anything new on there, and we appreciate all of you, really. Uh, so that's how you can find us there. Social media, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. We also post the podcast there, and uh, at least for me, you can find hot sports and non-sports takes on my Twitter. And for Patrick, you can find hot redline life pictures on his Instagram.
1: Yeah, me doing crazy awesome stuff. Yeah. And my cat. And your cat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whose name is Ray. Yeah. After Star
1: Wars. She was sick. I had to take her to the vet. Oh, She's no. good now. What did she have? I think she ate something she shouldn't
0: have. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a cat to me.
1: Yep, yep. And then I was there, and then she said, they were like, uh, she needs her one-year shots. Do you want to just do those while you're here? And I was like, okay, let's do this. Come on. Got to get to work. (laughs) Cat box is a disaster, but uh, she's good now.
0: Next week on the podcast. uh, So next week, I'm on vacation next week. So I'm going to just break through the fourth wall here we're recording next week's podcast right after this podcast it's going to be a quick hit because we don't have that much time uh so we're just going to do a, a long form beer of the week it's going to be a different style than this one because i've already brought it in and it's in the fridge right now uh trust me it's a different style but not really actually we can, maybe we'll talk a little bit about our uh, holiday christmas plans new year's plans yes we could do that so that's coming up next week but really we're doing that in like 15 minutes So uh, keep an ear out for that. I'll post it uh, from home and uh, we'll be back back in the studio the following week. And uh, we are still efforting Block 15 to be our next takeover. That's been a bit of a bit of a struggle. And, uh, it's as one listener put it, it's our white whale. We got to get to block 15. (laughs) Oh, I like that. It is a white whale. We got to get to block 15 to do a takeover. And, uh, we've also discussed, and this is going to be coming soon, doing a Southwest Washington regional episode, as well as maybe a 5440 takeover coming up down the, down the line as well. So that's all good stuff you can, uh, get excited for coming up in the next month or so on beers on us. But next week it is a quick hit and uh, we'll see you for that. Have a very good rest of your week this